Bees Radio Network. Live coverage of Bees Home Games. The podcast. The podcast. The podcast. Well, hello, hockey fans, and welcome to the Bees Radio Network podcast episode number 32. We've rolled into April. We should be looking forward to a weekend at Coventry instead. Joining me on the line, as ever, is Mark Denham, who probably would have been alongside me in Coventry on the commentary. Well, probably. Instead, we'll, we'll have to make do with the podcast, yes. won't we, instead? I mean, we don't get the uh, the trip out to see the uh, the highlights of the uh, the Midlands, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. Is, is Coventry the highlight of the Midlands? I mean, that's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a concrete highlight. I think there's that yeah. to it. And... Do you know what? I mean, we don't really get to see the highlight either, do we? Because we literally drive up there, park, go in the rink, and then we leave. So we don't really get to see much even of the, the surrounding areas. Yeah, don't even don't even get to go down Spawn Street and don't get to go... Um, that's all I really know about Coventry. Ikea that's about to close and all that. Yeah, and right now, probably very, very quiet up there in Coventry, as it should be across the country right now, because we are obviously um, into our third week of lockdown here in the... Okay, the soft lockdown, as I believe it's called. We, well, people wanted a hard Brexit. Instead, we're getting a soft lockdown. But uh, hopefully, you're all keeping safe, keeping, keeping well, helping to save lives, helping to the NHS not be uh, too overwhelmed with everything. Uh, actually, just as we started recording the podcast uh, here, um, the news came through that Boris Johnson has been uh, admitted to uh, intensive care. Uh, and this could either really date the podcast very quickly or really not date the podcast very quickly, depending on what happens in the next 12 or 18 hours before it goes out on air. But uh, it, as you say, it's a fast-moving situation uh, in a slow-moving world at the moment. Well, I'm sure all of the Bees fans, along with both of us, will uh, wish Boris a speedy recovery. I do know. It's the one he was waiting for, I believe. I believe he was desperately saying, like he was in the ICU saying, the Bees Radio Network and <laughs> yes. pass on their best wishes. Well, I mean, he probably listens now that it's uh, open and free to air, doesn't he? But, I mean, I do know someone who has had coronavirus and thankfully now made a full recovery. And she tells me that it is absolutely horrible. And whether you voted for Boris or not, nobody would wish him unwell. So uh, hopefully he is in intensive care now, the best place that he could be. And uh, hopefully he will be out of intensive care, uh, home safe and well, able to rest, get his strength back and continue to lead the government. And I'm sure people will uh, echo that sentiment, whether or not they voted for him back in December. No, exactly. Right. That's it for Corona. That's all we're going to talk about to do with coronavirus. Because I think everybody needs a little bit of a break right now. We just had to put that in because... Uh, Let's face it, we wouldn't want all of a sudden the show to go out and uh, something very different happens. So uh, we'll just put that in uh, and now we'll move on. And this week is all about the uh, quiz and the challenge that we were setting you guys with this all-star selection. I've come up with my team. Mark has come up with his team. We've had a couple of other people put in their teams as well. So lots to look forward to there. Before we get into that, just very quickly going to wrap up uh, news from around the NIHL. Uh, a couple of re-signings announced over the past week and, and, and one Slightly surprising departure as well. Um, let's start up in Hull. Uh, so two players have been confirmed as returning to the Pirates net season in Matt Bisonette, uh, or Bisonette, Um Came in for 17 games after playing in the Elite League for the likes of the uh, Manchester Storm. Uh, eight goals, probably a little low on the goal front, but 27 assists, 35 points, two points per game. That's all you can ask for for all your uh, import. And especially in a team that's full of... Uh, High-scoring talent with the likes of uh, Jason Hewitt, Bobby Chamberlain, David Norris, uh, Maddie Davis as well. Like Probably did the job that he needs to do there for Hull and will look to kick on next year. Was a bit of a towering player on the ice. Um, I felt in the couple of games I saw of him, he could easily drift away from the action a little bit. I think uh, it was a very similar situation to the import that uh, the Leeds Chiefs had, who's completely gone out of my head right now. I believe it's uh, Patrick Volchak, who, again, was a very similar Manchester Storm player. And you can imagine them in the smaller ice pad like you get at Altrincham, being a big impact player on those smaller ices. I think in Hull, he just, got, he just looked a little bit more uh, rangy, dare we say, up there. But he'll be back for the Pirates next year, as will Sam Towner, who put up the same amount of points, 35 points in 47 games. Sam has been around the whole Pirates and the whole Stingrays before that for absolute years, his hometown club. Uh, and we'll continue to develop next season. But two pretty good signings, I feel, for Hull moving forward into next campaign. I think you'd like your, your import to hit the net a few more times than eight. I think we can all agree on that. But 
As you rightly pointed out, though, with the offensive firepower that the uh, the whole Pirates have, they can they can soak that up. Eight goals, seventeen assists. He is he's played a playmaking role this year, um, and history tells us that he can hit the back of the net, so it's there in him. Um, and I guess in terms of Hull, then you know that's a great fit because he's a great playmaker and he can set up those other free scoring talents as well and doesn't need to be the one who's pushing to score all the goals. So uh, great re-signing as well. And as you say, Sam Towner, been around for a long time. He's hull through and through. And uh, two great re-signings this week for Jason Hewitt. Indeed, Hewitt, obviously returning as player head coach as well. But I always forget Lee Bonner when I talk about Hull as well. I love Lee Bonner as a player. He missed out on uh, the last game we played against them through suspension. But he, he's another really up there in the scoring charts as well. So good little going there for Hull. Um, be interested to see how it does come out for Bissonnette and Jason has proven and, and Shane uh, Smith have proven they're not afraid to make changes on the import front when they need to. So, But there is maybe another a good change little reason. you need to make. As we discussed well, previously, in my opinion. As we, have dis- as we have discussed previously, indeed. Leeds Chiefs have also uh, made their, having made their return to the NIH, well, return, made their start in the NIHL National and made their trek to their arena at Ellen Road, have done the very sensible thing and reappointed Sami Zajac as player coach. At the end of the day, if you're signing Sami Zajac just as a player, you're signing one of the top defensemen in the league, an aggressive player that I love to watch is Sami. I think he's, he's um, sometimes gets a little overlooked by people for things. Um, Sammy is just a very tenacious player. He's got bags of experience. And I think you began to see that rub off on the players along, alongside him at Leeds as well. He had some very experienced heads with him last campaign with the likes of uh, Luke Boyfreud and Richard Bentham. Hopefully for them, they've built the foundations that they're going to maybe see kick on in the new year. There's a couple of rumours about players who might be going up to the Chiefs if they're able to capture them from some of their Yorkshire rivals. They could become a little bit more of a force to be uh, to contend with next year. And keeping that consistency with Sammy as head coach, I think, is a very wise move by the uh, the Chiefs at the Chiefs. You cannot underestimate the difficult first season that the Chiefs have had. And yes, they did finish bottom of the league. But when you add in the the difficulty of not having a home base to train from and also having their kit stolen, having to postpone their grand opening, their grand homecoming game, having to postpone that a couple of times as well. It makes it a very, very difficult situation for the Leeds Chiefs to have weathered. And they have. They've come through it and they showed promise. They showed promise. Now, yeah, they were on the wrong end of a couple of thumpings, but they've showed promise as well. And they've proven that with what they had last season, they can take the Telford Tigers, the league winners for this year. Um, so, yeah, Zajac back at the helm and some of the rumours that are going around about Leeds, I think they will be a much tougher proposition for everyone next season. Indeed, one team who will be looking to, well, they'll probably feel their season got curtailed a little bit um, but due to the shortening of the season as they were just beginning to build up a potential rush for second and maybe a chance of going into the playoffs. Uh, were the Peterborough Phantoms. They had one in, one out this weekend. Uh, coming in, once again, Bradley Bowering. I mean, Bradley Bowering's been around now with the Phantoms for oh, three seasons. We're moving into his fourth season there. He's 18 years old. He came out of the face cage this year. He's a good, young D-man. And once again, another example of the talent that is rolling through through the Phantoms Academy. However, one player who is leaving their team, though, Martin Susters, and uh, he had a... Again, last year, having made the move across from Invicta, was popping up and banging in the goals at the right time. This season became a real, real key part of that Phantoms lineup. Second top point scorer for them this campaign with 36 goals and 34 assists for 70 points. Um, that's a bit of a blow, considering it's a team that's already losing James Ferrara. There's going to be question marks over whether Alish Padalek comes back for another year because he nearly retired last season. There's another year on the legs in this. You don't know about this. That's a little bit of a blow, and we don't know where Susters is ending up yet. Um, there are rumours knocking around that about a, maybe a change in how British players are registered in this country, in, in this league next season, and someone like Martins, who was born in uh, Riga in Latvia, might next season, even though he has always been a British trained player, might count as an import. Those are a little bit unconfirmed. There's a little bit of uh, work and a little bit of jiggling going on. I think there's a little bit of waiting to see what the Elite League does and whether the EIHA 
match up to what Ice Hockey UK does or whether they go in a different path. And obviously, Brexit is technically technically round the corner as well. So all sorts of challenges on that front. So what, one real positive with Bradley Bowering coming in to continue his development but there could be a very big Martin Sister-shaped hole in the Phantoms next season. Do you know what? I was going to mention Brexit, which may change the recruitment plans of a lot of coaches for next season, not the one approaching, the one after that. But Martin Sisters has, as you say, played as a Brit so far, and he has been an import quality Brit. Let's make no mistake about it. Slava Kulikov came out this time, it wasn't long after Coventry last year, and just said, I am returning the entire team. And that was that. This year, it's going to be a year of change. And for Slava, he has to find players that fit into that system. And he has to find a replacement somewhere for James Ferrara and everything he brings to the Phantoms. He also now has to find a replacement for Martin Sisters and just the skill, the quality and all of those points. Second top point scorer behind Alice Padalek. He has to find a replacement for him. And as you say... Um, will Padalek return as well? Because if you take out Ferrara, Sisters, Padalek, that's an awful lot of upfront power gone from the Phantoms. Now, Ferrara um, and Sisters already confirmed, Padalek not confirmed as yet, so that's just a possibility. I did speak to Alice the last time Peterborough were at the Hive, and he's still hungry for it. He's definitely still hungry for it. So I don't know whether or not he will uh, return or not. But I do think there are um, difficult hurdles for Slava to overcome this year in that those players that have disappeared from the Phantoms lineup have been uh, a, a key part of everything they put together this year. And certainly in the case of the, uh, the Ferrara brothers as well, they have been a huge part of the Phantoms for such a long time now. They were both a huge part of the uh, the success the Phantoms had the season before the one just finished. And yeah, challenges ahead for Slava Kulikov, I think, here. Yeah, I, I was sort of wondering about it. Is he is he having quite... I mean, obviously Nathan Pollard's already re-signed as well. Maybe he's got a bit confident in the Pollard yeah. brothers coming through. Jarvis Hunt as well has been a very impressive youngster in the games that we've seen. Ross Clark, maybe he's just thinking, you know what? I need to I need to reestablish my core. I need to I'm losing both the Ferrara brothers and losing losing sisters. But maybe this is going to be opportunity knocks for other players like Glenn Billing this year. Sort of tailed off a little bit for me this year, which was surprising. Corey McEwen obviously had some uh, injury woes, and maybe he tailed off a little bit as well. So I just I don't know. Maybe he's just thinking, you know what? I'm going to click. I'm 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 losing the Ferraras. I'm going to lose sisters. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna go out there and try and grab players. Maybe he will do. Maybe he will try and open up the checkbook, or maybe he's gonna have opportunities to bring players in. And maybe he just thinks, you know what? I've got some exciting young kids in my roster. I'm gonna roll the dice with them. I'm gonna give them a go. It could be an interesting one to see which way it plays out. Well, we saw it, didn't we? Uh, if you go back through history, Milton Keynes Lightning joined the EPL in 2002-3, and Nick Paul built a. F- an absolutely fantastic core. I was about to say a word there that I cannot say. Uh, ah. So I didn't say it. Um, no, well, no, 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 no. It wasn't a bad word. I just cannot say. Uh, f- oh, the F word. No, the no, F the word. PH word. Oh, okay. Okay. I cannot say it. Um, I was yeah. about to attempt no, it no, then, no. but I'm glad I didn't. Literally just cannot cannot say no. it rather than can't yeah. say it. No, I literally, <laughs> the word will not come out of my mouth in any sensible form. It's not a word that I can't use. Um, but no, going back to what I was saying before I became distracted by my poor vocabulary, uh, Nick Paul built a fantastic core, didn't he, in Milton Keynes, that was dominant in the league for a little while. And then it started to go just a little, little bit stale. And as you say, Slava has had a fantastic core to work around that he has built up since he went to the Phantoms back in 2013. So he's been there for seven seasons now, or six and a half. He's been there. Uh, First as a player coach, now as a player. Obviously, losing himself as a player was a big blow to take, but he's, he's... come through that and he's built a very successful core but it's possibly time for a little bit of spring cleaning within that core I mean there are some players that you would look at some of which he's already re-signed that you would say oh no 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 they are not being chucked out of this core but maybe he's just thinking do you know what with the Ferraras gone as well 
we may have to look at a slightly different way of playing this year. So I'm therefore happy to say bye-bye to Martin Sisters. Um, I'm happy to try a slightly different style next year and build a slightly different core. We don't know. You know, we're looking from the outside well, and it's always difficult to know, isn't it? When you look from the outside, it's always difficult to know. One thing's for certain, though, come the start of the uh, the next season, you can bet Slava Kulikov will have put together a decent competitive Phantoms team, be that by recruiting from outside or be that by giving those juniors who've been playing a couple of years now added responsibility and backfilling them with more from the Phantoms development program. We don't know, but it will be a competitive Phantoms team. I'm certain of that. And there is a little bit of breaking news. Go on. Tom Norton has re-signed to come back for an eighth season in Phantoms Colours. This has just literally just been announced. Because well, maybe announced in the an hour and a bit beforehand. Yeah. I did my research and such like. But yes, uh, Tom Norton, former of the Panthers and, and the Lightning and all that. And uh, yeah, big points year, most successful year for him points wise this season. It's not all about points with defensemen though. Um, and uh, I think it's it's going to form a very nice segue into our next section in a minute. But certainly caught the eye to many across the country. Um, and yeah, that's a very handy pickup for a continuing pickup for the Phantoms there on D. Putting him alongside Callum Buglas. Yeah, that's pretty good for the Phantoms. Two from two for them on the D. Do you know what? Norton plays a good, solid game, doesn't he? He's very, very hard to beat defensively and does play a very, very solid game. And he's a player that I've always liked the look of because he does things in a non-complicated way. You see some players and you think, wow, that was a fantastic play. But my God, it didn't have to be that complicated. Norton just does the job. Send him out to do a job and he will do it. It doesn't look complicated. He keeps it simple and he gets things done. Um, so I think that's another another big plus for uh, Slava there. Indeed. Well, sort of through it, both of us. But uh, anyway, we will keep you up to date with all the latest that is going on across the NIHL National. We'll also keep an eye out for any interesting signings that go on across the other leagues as well. And the big one came today from Streatham. Vanya Antonov returning for next season in Streatham Colours. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we all know what Vanya can do. Um, it's a little bit of a shame that we're not seeing him compete at a higher level, um, but he certainly tore the NIHL 1 South to shreds last season and uh, looks like he's going to go back and do it again, this time for uh, Michael Farner's coach rather than Adam Carr. I understand it suits Vanya's life perfectly playing uh, for Streatham. Um, and fair on him, like... Mm. There's probably got to be some big questions we need to ask in this country about hockey in this country uh, moving forward. That such an exciting prospect and such an exciting player is at such a young age turning around and going, you know what? I don't want that. I'm going to go play at this level. And it's I understand the first that time it's it happened, though, is it? Not the first time no, it's, it's not, happened. It's not the first time. Is not and it won't the be the last person who's done it. And as you say, it won't be the last. I mean, we've discussed this before. Hockey players do not get rich from playing hockey, and a lot of them do have, well, in fact, mostly all of them do have jobs outside of hockey. And the thought of a long road trip on a Sunday when you have to be up early for work on a Monday does mean that some players will take the opportunity to step down where those long trips are going to be far less, where the demands on them are far less as well. So I don't think Vanya will be, well, certainly I don't think he'll be the last, and he certainly isn't the first that's done it. One thing I would say about Vanya Antonov, anybody who is a Bees fan will know exactly what Vanya Antonov could do. But when we saw him play his last game for the Bees last season, I did not think that we saw the Vanya Antonov that had ice for the Bees even earlier this uh, season just gone, and certainly not the Vanya Antonov that we saw the season before. So, you know, I guess to be the best, you have to challenge yourself against the best, don't you? And that's the, the real sad thing here, is that we know that Vanya Antonov has talent by the bucket load. But I just think when we saw him in his last game last year, he was probably 95% Vanya rather than 100%. And maybe, maybe if he'd signed back with the Bees or indeed any other national team, he'd have gained that extra 5% back. But... I understand exactly why he's done it. I understand the 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 reasons why he's decided to re-sign with Streatham, and I wish him and the uh, the Streatham club the very best of luck. 
I enjoyed that there because I knew where you were going with Streatham there. There was that little bit, you me, and, you know, I wish Streatham and yes. the, uh, they don't have it. They don't have a nickname anymore. Uh, <laughs> I knew where you, because uh, I nearly stumbled the, over no, it myself. No, 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 Aren't they the Red Hawks now? They are. I, I think but they're just technically we are. Streatham Ice Hockey Club, aren't they? Correct. I, I believe they're. Yeah, they are. T- I believe that they were. Oh, they were supposed to become the Red Hawks, mm. but I believe they are now just Streatham IHC in the same way in which the Raiders are no longer the Romford or London Raiders. They are just Raiders. Yes. So, from uh, uh, but, yeah, from an an area around. Yes. The artist formerly known as. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that could go down well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, obviously, Vanny, wish him all the best. Um, right then, I think it's time to move on to the All Stars. This has been. We need some form of drum a, roll, don't we? Yeah. I feel yeah. we. I feel we need like like All Star music, like Hall of Fame music, but we're not. We haven't got the budget for that. Um, so thank you very much to all of you who did write in your suggestions for your teams. It was a little bit of a posing challenge, um, and I was quite happy to see. Some of you partake in the challenge, and after this discussion, if you do want to pass on your thoughts about our our discussion as well, please feel free to at Bees Ice Hockey. More than happy to uh, debate with you about where we how we've come to our decisions. Um, let's just once again lay it out: one goalkeeper, two defenders, one goalkeeper, one goalkeeper. You can, tell, you can tell I've been working on football at work all this. Does week. this mean it'll be one nil all mind- then? Yeah, one netminder, two defensemen, three forwards, only one of which who can be a non-EIHA trained player. And they could also only be non-Bs players. In other words, not players that we have seen each and every week. Um, and they can, the the remit for this was it could either be an outstanding performance against us, a collection of outstanding performance or players who stood out in the games against us. Right then, let's very quickly roll through um, the great suggestions we had in Uh Scott Lawrence, thank you very much. So for the netminder, he went ready Mar. His defensive pairing were Dan Scott and Tom Norton, who's going to rack up quite a few mentions on the podcast this week. And for his forwards, he went Aaron Connolly, Aaron Nell, and Tyler Van Cleef. Dave Williams, thank you very much. Uh, so has gone for Nathan James in net, Dan Scott and Tom Norton as his defensive pairing as well. While as forwards, forwards he went Sean Norris of the Bison, Aaron Connolly, and George Norcliffe. Casey Gallagher, great to see fans from other teams in the league also jumping into this. A Swindon fan who's been a loyal supporter of us throughout the season, it has to be said. He went for Jordan Marr in net, Sam Sajak, uh, and Callum Buglas on D with Liam Stewart, Jason Silverthorne, and Robin Kovar. Um, Casey also said, I deliberately haven't chosen any Swindon players, so it's non-Swindon and non-Bees players as well, which makes it even better. Hannah Ref joined us as well, so went for Jordan Lauday in net. Ben Morgan and Tom Norton on defence with Jason Hewitt, Alex Graham at the Sheffield Steel Dogs and Martin Susters uh, up top. And Lewis Walks, 789. Thank you very much as well. Renny Marr in net. The Marr brothers nearly completing a, a good clean sweep. Ben Morgan and Tom Norton again on D. So Norton getting four out of five selections there. Jason Hewitt, Aaron Nell and Scott McKenzie up top. Again, technically no import in that lineup either. Hmm, lots to ponder, lots to think about there. Mark, any, any, do you know the one that jumped out to me on this page? Go on then, which one, which one stands out to you? Isla Van Cleef. Hmm. Now, I can, with the remit we've given. Yeah. Uh, there have been some standout moments from Tyler Van Cleef this season against us. Uh, the couple of times he scored goals against us. Yeah, look, let's face it, Tyler scores pretty, pretty goals. There was obviously that one-on-one, and there was also the one where he slammed it in from the short side over the glove as well. Two very nice finishes. I just... I'm t- I, I look at that and I just go, those were standout moments. I'm, I'm just... I'm still not sure on Tyler Van Cleef as a player who's going to commit to you for 60 minutes a game. No. I think he went very much off the boil with the Wildcats by the end of the season. Um, and I can understand that I think with Tyler, the high points really can be high and really can be stand-up moments that you walk away from a rink and go, oh, God, that was a good little finish. That was a great shot. I think there's a lot of the game where he disappears as well. And I think there's a lot. I, I, I'm going to be surprised if he's back in Wildcats colours next season. I think they're going to look to upgrade. I think when you look at the criteria that we set, you can see perhaps why Tyler Van Cleef has been picked because we did say. Uh, have been consistently good against the bees or have had standout moments. 
I think moments is all you can say that Tyler has had. He's never been a player, not for the Bees, not for the Wildcats, that has put in 60 minutes of standout moments. He drifts into a game, does something, and drifts out again as if he'd never been there other than that record on the uh, the score sheet of the goal that he may have scored in that moment that he was brilliant. So um, there's no right or wrong answer. The one thing I will say here is there's no right or wrong answer. We are asking for opinions, and everyone is entitled to their opinions. But on that fact, I mean, there are very few others that I certainly would have disagreed with in any of the lists that we've had. There are very few others that I would say, oh, no, why? Um, but Tyler Van Cleef would be one I'd be scratching my head saying, well, OK, yeah, he scored a couple of pretty goals against us, but there are a lot of minutes of ice hockey between the Bees and the Wildcats this season, and Tyler didn't feature in many of them, even though the ones he did were very good. There weren't enough of them, for my opinion. And I don't think, as you say, um, I'm not sure Aaron Nell will have seen enough of the flashes of brilliance put together to return him next season. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting one, a really curious one to see where the Wildcats go on that. Um, as I say, those individual goals, the high points again, are... Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe time to roll the dice. As I say, those high points are really high with Tyler. I, I, I just... I question consistency, and I question... Oh, I'll say it. I don't think Swindon would have been anywhere near they are were in the table if Tyler had been there all season and they hadn't had Max Babrier play for at the start when Tyler came back from that horrendous uh, sidetracking he had at the start of the season. I think if Tyler had been there all year, the Wildcats were probably staring at a very comfortable third, fourth in the table. Yeah. Um, um, and It and does seem harsh, doesn't it? But I think it is. I think it's a fact, really. Um, I think... Yeah. When we saw the, the Wildcats with Max Berbria, I think they looked a better, more complete team. And I think Berbria put in more performances that were 60-minute long game-length performances than Tyler did when we saw the Wildcats with Tyler. Um, and it's a shame because the honest truth is we saw that the season before with the Bees as well. He would People would leave the rink talking about him because he'd just do something that was standout. And you think, yeah, people would leave the ring. Oh, Tyler Van Cleef, Tyler Van Cleef, Tyler Van Cleef. But if you were to go back and watch the entire recording of the game, you think, where's Tyler? Where is Tyler? Where, where's he gone? And then he'd pop up and do something. And you'd be like, yeah, there he is. There he is. Yeah. And you'd go back again. You'd be like, well, where's he gone now? He just goes in and goes out, unfortunately, which is a shame. I don't know why it happens. Like, you know, it's hard to get inside someone's head and find out like how you do ghost in and ghost out of a game. Um, and it's a shame because with the talent he's got, he could be one of the very best imports in this league if he could string together those moments of brilliance into 60-minute performances. Correct. 100%. I completely agree. We've, we've mentioned it before on the podcast, but it, I completely agree. Right then. Now the pressure's on. We've heard from our brilliant fans. Thank you very much for all your suggestions. How do we match up? Well, there's only one way to do this. We're going to toss a coin. Okay. And whichever, whichever way it comes down, you right, get to do I have it the first. Coin. So I, I have the coin. Oh, you have the coin. Oh, I, I, have know, the coin. I didn't know we were tossing a coin. So you, you can toss if you want, and I'll call. Or... I, I will toss the right, coin. You toss okay. the coin. I'm going heads. Lucky bugger, it's come ah! down ahead. So, Do you, know what? you get to... I have an admission to make, right? We discussed this on our last podcast, and we <laughs> we said that we would then pick one each, and we would come back with it, right? So I sat down after our last podcast, the day after, and I thought, right, blah, 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 blah. And I filled my team. I was like, yeah, that's quite good. And then I thought no more of it. And here we are now, sat together again remotely recording the uh, the podcast, and I have a confession to make. My four-year-old son loves to draw on bits of paper, and I have thrown away my team <laughs> together with his bits of paper that he's drawn all over. Um, so now I'm thinking, although I called the head correctly, should I just get mine out of the way so we don't end on an anti-climax now? Because I've literally, <laughs> like, before we, we started recording this, eight o'clock on a Monday night, 
So I sat down at my desk at 7.30 and my desk is actually quite tidy for a change. I'm looking for this piece of paper, looking, 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 looking. I'm thinking, oh, hang on a minute. Will had a pile of paper there as well. And then I've realised it's gone. So I have now put this together today, uh, which is, I think, the team that I had before, but I'm not 100% certain. So I think what I'll do is I'll go first, having explained all that, I'll go first and then you can, you can be the big finish. Slightly worrying if ever I'm being told to be the big finish, but uh, anyway, um, family friendly, family friendly as ever. Indeed. Right then. Right. So. I have gone with uh, Ethan James in goal, and I've gone with that on the criteria of performances against the Bees. A young kid starting out his uh, national career, I think he's been standout this season against the Bees particularly, and is probably a large part of the reason why officially in the table as it stands, they finished (laughs) above us. Although we all know had the season gone its duration, we would have qualified eighth, but I've gone with Ethan James in net. I have gone with uh, Dan Scott and Tom Norton in defense. And uh, Dan Scott has been a player. I love what he brings to the game. He's got a massive shot on him. He's a big physical presence. He's a smart defenseman. Love what he brings to the game. I've gone with Tom Norton as well. And I did mention earlier when we discussed him re-signing at Peterborough, Tom Norton goes out there and does the job you ask of him in a totally non-complicated way. And he's tough to beat. As you're trying to make your way forward, he is tough to beat. So that's my defence. Up front, I have gone with Aaron Connolly, um, who I, again... I've always liked what he brought at Slough. I've liked what he brought at Basingstoke. And I like what he brings in Romford as well. He's a standout leader. So for me, he would have the C as well. Standout leader who leads by example. He will never, ever ask a player to do or expect a player to do anything that he wouldn't do himself. And we've seen him chip in with some good goals against the uh, the Bees this season. So Aaron Connolly is my Captain, I've gone with Liam Stewart for one highlight reel moment. And I know I've just mentioned about uh, Tyler Van Cleef and one highlight reel <laughs> moment, but I've gone with... We've never been accused of being hypocrites, no. don't worry. <laughs> no, I've, I've gone with Liam Stewart because we, we know what Liam Stewart can bring. And I think like we saw an absolute beauty from him at the Hive this season, and we know what he can bring. So I've gone with Liam Stewart. And then I've also gone with Petr Stepaniak as my import because who wouldn't want a shot like that? Let's be honest. Like, who wouldn't want a shot like that? If you're thinking, you know, one man who could blast into the, uh, blast the puck into the net, get the puck to Stepaniak and let him one time that home, who would want to be standing there to have to face that shot? So that's mine. Wow. That's so. Um, three Romford Raiders. Uh, oh, I've just done it. Done it. Three. <laughs> Three uh, artists formerly known as the Romford Raiders It's ironic, isn't it? I've gone with three from the Raiders. And, you know, I've gone with a team that's finished in eighth place and I've picked more than half my team from... I've picked half my team from them, haven't I? But it's performances against the Bees that we're looking at here. Exactly. And we have to remember the Raiders did win... Oh, I've got to do the maths now in my head. Five of the games against us. Yeah. Uh, And other games where it was close, like... It's fair to say, I do think, and looking at your, the good news is we have not got a single player that matches up. So this is a really fascinating uh, bit to come. It is right. And I can look at someone like Aaron Connolly. Aaron Connolly's best games this season came against the Bracknell Bits. Yeah. 100%. They also came in the last few weeks of the season. That's when Aaron Connolly can be an absolute mountain of a player and go, put the team on my back. I'm going to lead this team forward. I'm going to lead it into attacking. 100%. 100%. Like, I, I, the selection there, and like you look at the selection that fans came in with, Scott and Norton came up on two other teams. Norton came up on four of the teams on the defence. Mm. Completely right. Ethan James was named. Aaron Colley was named. Liam Stewart was named. Petr Stepaniak wasn't, though. Um, and I find, the, I find this quite an interesting one because um, the Petr Stepaniak I watched in the EPIHL was this absolutely dominating player. Physically, mentally, uh, fitness-wise. You've talked about the shot-wise. He's an absolute cannon. 
even his vision. He was a but he was he was such an imposing player. Yeah. And then the last two years, I sit there with him and I go, look, don't doubt me, he's still a very good player. But I sit there and I go, I feel like you've got a little bit more in you. And whether 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 the, whether he's got a little bit older and as a result he can't go to the levels that he used to, whether he's got smarter and gone, well, you know what, in this league I don't need to go rampaging around and smashing people all over the place. I can play a little bit smarter in this league. I always sit there with Petter and I just go, I feel there's a little bit more you can bring. I feel there's a little bit more that you can bring to the table. And like he could I I honestly think he could probably put on another 10 to 20 points a season mm. on what he does at the moment. I'm going to be honest um, about my selection here. Eh. I'm going to be oh, entirely you, you honest. You haven't heard my six well, hang yet, on, no, so I'm don't just worry. going to be entirely honest about my Petr Stepaniak selection. I went for Alice Padalek. And then I thought, no, 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 no. I can't go for Alice Padalek because then I've got uh, three players who I'm all friends with because they all played at Slough. And I thought, I can't do that. I cannot do that. So. <laughs> I thought, do you know what? Like, just so this is a bit more neutral, I'll swap and I'll have Stepaniak for that cannon of a shot instead. But then I'm not going. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to say. Uh, to be fair, I think. Uh, do you know what? I give Alish his full credit. I thought this year he might, like last year in last year in the NIHL one uh, South, uh, in the last year before we renationalised ourselves, he was a player that I thought would slightly struggle, but actually played the game so smartly in that season, yeah. just controlled games, had that little bit of turn of pace, was a little bit slicker, a little bit smarter than a lot of the teams in the league. And I thought moving into this season when he retired and then unretired, I went, that's him done. He's not going to hit those standards again. Well, he's a 40-year-old guy that's made a lot of, made me look quite stupid this season because he has been quite a controlling player in that league. I, I still think Stepaniak is the one I, that has caught my eye more out of the two. Um, I, I just feel Stepaniak is is more of the impact player than Padalek. Padalek does a lot of the quiet things. Mm. But I still also think with Petter that there's more to give. There's more for yeah. him to deliver on the table. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing, when you look at Padalek and Stepaniak as well, you have to add in Susters because he's been another of that great offensive player. So you have to look at the, the three of them as well. But obviously, I thought I'm not going all Brit. Because, you know, some people do say, well, it should be all Brit. No, it shouldn't. Because I think having non-EIHA trained players, the imports in there, does obviously give the other players something to look up to, someone to learn from. Uh, and that's why I went, obviously, with uh, with my import. And I just thought, you know what? Like, I just can't go with Alice because it would just be like, you know, it would people could then say, well, he's just picked his mates. Um, he's just trying to put the Slough Jets back together. That's all he's trying to do. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> right. Come on then, Graham. Come on then. What have you got, right, mate? Then. Since none of ours match, what have you got? I did think about Ethan James as netminder. He did have some very, very strong performances against, and I think actually a lot of netminders in the league had some very strong games against the Bees this season. In particular, Ashley Smith. He had two outstanding performances against the bees this season and this has been a, a real it's a it, it's weird because everywhere across the league the, the the pirates conceded shed loads of goals you go onto social media you go onto places most weekends and you just read oh there's one change you've said it on the podcast tonight there's one change the pirates need to make and that's ashley smith in net if they change ashley smith in net they go from being a fifth place sixth place team up into the top it probably into the top one or two in the league because they can continue to be that offensive threat, but they're going to have more defensively. There are two games. There was a game in Hull um, where I think the, the Pirates ran out and, and beat us in the Well, they did beat us in the end. And there was a game at home as well where I actually looked at Ashley Spiff and I went, he's turned the table. And do you know what? He did it against us in the blinking playoff semi-final last year as well. There's something about playing the Bracknell Bees that Ashley Smith really likes because it seems to bring the best in Ashley Smith out. And that is why I put him in my team. And I know that this is going to be a controversial uh, choice. And I can almost hear your mocking acceptance of this coming from the other end of the line. But there were two performances. (laughs) There were two performances where Ashley Smith really turned it on against us and just blanked us. We couldn't do anything. And as a result, yes, Ethan James came very close. And maybe I'm just taking the, uh, the high road on this one. Ashley Smith, 
takes my spot for performances against okay. us this season. On D, I've also gone for a player from the Peterborough Phantoms. I've also gone for a player who has re-signed for the Peterborough Phantoms. Callum Buglas. I love this kid as a player. Watching him develop has been an absolute joy. And what has been great to see with him is he's a little bit of a lanky, gangly kid, but he's beginning to grow out into his body. And you can see it now make a lot of difference. He's strong in the corners. He's strong with the puck. But also, one of the big things I've seen with him so many times this season is coming out of his own end. His head is up. He is looking for the play. And a couple of times he has just let go the right pass or the right dump or the right play against us. Callum, for me, has been just consistent against us this season. Tom Norton came very close on this, I have to say. Really close. Yeah. But I do think Callum Buglis has had an excellent season against the Bees. I think he's had an excellent season in general. Um, and I, I, I'm looking forward to it. My other one, Adam Jones from the Bison. Now, oh, we've yeah. obviously had, we've had our troubles against the Bison this season. We've had our troubles against the Bison for a couple of seasons. And I, I'm quite regularly sat there with the Bison and I just go, and I've said it so many times, I find them quite an ordinary team that are just very well drilled and very well coached. I look at the decor and I sometimes just sit there and I go, there's not a great deal of talent back there, but they just do it very well. And I've tried, I've, I've looked at my opinion on this and I've, I've sort of tried, I've rewatched games. And if you ever see the Bison do anything good defensively, apart from when they drop Liam Morris back there, it really is coming from two guys. It's either coming from Adam Jones or it's coming from Josh Kelly. And I don't think Kelly, Kelly didn't shine out in the games against us this season. Adam Jones has. I think Adam is, a, is an exceptional D-man. I'd like to think he's going to continue to develop his game and, and, and he's just a very responsible. He's obviously got size. He's obviously got strength. We know all that about him. I just think he's this season proven himself very dependable, very consistent against us. And, and that's why I, I went for Adam. And I know that there are currently people down the M3 who are picking themselves off the floor that I picked a Bison player in my all-star team. Hey, I can go over things. Maybe other people can as well. Oh. Anyway, um, on to the forward line now. So uh, I also went for an import player. Uh, and this was purely on how this guy played games against us all season long. Dominic Florian of the Tigers. Oh, yeah. Big, aggressive, controlling. That's the hockey I love to see just a powerful guy the first game we played the tigers at home he was the game we were hanging on to him as he just powered through it he really caught my eye that night there was a game the games later in the season him and joe baird had one of the all-time classic battles in the second home game against the tigers just going at each other all night long bouncing off each other and joey gave as good as he got against dominic florian who when you look at his stats, did not put up any numbers in the Elite League and came down to this league and rocketed up through the scoring charts. I love that aggression from him. It's an intimidation factor, but also it, it's well done. It's not that he's just running around trying to knock your block off at every 10 seconds. He's doing it smartly to try and create space and to try and create opportunities. Forwards, continuing them on now. Uh, this guy's had a lot of mentions in the podcast tonight following his departure. But Martin Susters, and I'm going to say this, I don't like him as a player. I do not like Martin Susters as a player. I think his, how he can conduct himself at times on the ice and what he sometimes does on the ice, I just don't think it's likable. But I can respect his talents as a player. I can respect his ability to pop up in the right place at the right time. I, look, there's players over the years who have been like that, and I'm not putting him in the same bracket as Avizio Sacratini. I'm not putting him in that rink-rat territory at all. But there's just something about him that, you know what, I don't like him, but I can respect his play, and that's why he goes in my all-star team. Really consistent. Another player who I always just thought, until I was looking at his stats two, three weeks ago, I thought Martin's sisters always just turned up against us. He definitely did the season before, and he did it again this season. And In a team that is packed with Corey McEwen and Glenn Billing, Martin's sisters is the one that we're all watching. That says a lot about what Martin Susters does as a player. Mm. And then finally, um, it's only fair that I do have a Raiders player in here at the end of the day. And I'm sure there'll be people being surprised that we haven't named more Wildcats, haven't named more Bison, haven't named more players from the top of the league. Because to be honest, we've done all right against the Wildcats this season. We've done more than all right against the Tigers this season. We've done all right against the Phantoms this season as well. I think those are the games where we've really played up and really put the pressure on. There have just been other games this season where at the other end, it hasn't gone as well. 
really close calls on this one at the end. Alex Graham had one outstanding game in Sheffield against us. I definitely underlined everything about what people have said about this kid maybe moving on. And by the end of the season was playing up for the Steelers. It completely agreed. Like he, he had one really strong showing against us. The guy I've gone from is from the Raiders. Um, and you talk about with uh, Petr Stepaniak, guys who have cannon shots. Jake Sylvester's one-timer is something different when he sets up off the short face-off draw win. How many times did he absolutely cream it past the net, mind? Yeah. But it's not just that with him. He's so good in transition. He's got a real heads up. You can see he's learning from the guys around him. And the scary thing is he's only 22. And he, like I, you look at him right now and you just go, God, it's a slightly younger Aaron Connolly, and Aaron Connolly's not that old. So you've gone for the uh, you've gone for the master. I've gone for the apprentice. I think it's fair to say. Uh, I just I love Jake as a player. Brandon Aliff came close into this as well. Like, God, you you dream to have that sort of depth in your lineup. But Jake Sylvester for me, purely a little bit for the Canon one timer for being smart enough to play it. I also think he is just an incredibly good heads up talent. So just to round the team up again for you. In net is Ashley Smith, on D is Callum Buglas and Adam Jones, and my forward line of Dominic Florian, Martin Susters, and Jake Sylvester. That is that's not a bad team at all. Like I I've obviously made myself clear on numerous occasions about Ashley Smith, and he um he did perform well against us. I can't take that away from him. He played well. We're not including last of the season before, but he played well at Coventry as well uh, against us in the playoff semi-final the year before. You can't take from him the fact that he did play well against the Bees. He's, um, in my opinion, he is the difference between the uh, the Pirates' current finishing position and where they could have finished because they have absolutely no difficulty in scoring at all. Can't take away from him, though, the games he's played against us. Um, and looking at the rest of your team, it's a very, very solid team. Uh, it really is. And I'm just thinking, like, you know, when you said I have gone for a Raiders player, I thought, all right, which ones are you going to go for? Because, like you said, you could have had Alif, you could have had Sylvester. There is, you know, I mean, it seems strange to say, doesn't it? Both of us have gone with Raiders players. And that's a team that got eighth place officially in that table as it did end. And, you know... There is a lot of talent in that Raiders team that, as a coach, I think you'd love to have. You know, who wouldn't take Connolly? Who wouldn't take Sylvester? Who wouldn't take Alif? Who wouldn't take Scott? You know, and then when you look at Ethan James as well, the prospect that he's going to be, there's a lot of talent in there. But looking through your defence, I mean, it's certainly very strong as well. Callum Buglas has been a standout player, I guess, a player that's, frustrated us on a few occasions this season, just gone as well. And Adam Jones from the Bison uh, does play a good, smart game, uses his size well. And if there have been problems, I did mention this on the uh, on the podcast uh, when we looked at the teams as well. If there have been problems in Basingstoke this year, it's been the scoring, not the defending. They are the lowest conceding team because... What I didn't know, actually, Graham, what I didn't think when I was doing that review of the team and I said they were the second lowest, that's got a 5-0 awarded against them. Take off those five. Goodness sake. Take off those five and they are the lowest conceding team in the National League this season. Adam Jones, a key member of that as well. And you know hey, what? LMC, LMC, just very quickly. LMC, yeah. sort your nonsense out. This is what this causes. You're being smart with your 5 nils in those games. Just cause absolute or abnormalities like this. LMC, get your head out your backside and just sort this. Do you know what? I mean, I did say that at the time, didn't I? The table is is just a farce now. It really is a farce. And do you know what? Before I look through your forwards as well, one other thing that's a farce is the potential for a Coventry final four weekend without any qualification for it. That is a farce <laughs> and it makes a mockery of the NIHL final four. The EPL final four was a long-held tradition. The NIHL Final Four has been going for a couple of seasons now and it would have been the first one for the National. If there is one, it's basically a scrimmage. A lot of players will have gone away from their teams now, like players that are British players that don't live near where they are. They will have gone home and they will be isolating at home now. A lot of import players have made their way out the country. If there is a Coventry weekend this weekend, it's ba or this season rather, it's basically a scrimmage to, I guess, justify the ticket price somehow. 
But moving back to your team, though, Dominic Florian, <laughs> I'm now sat here thinking, oh, yes, I remember those performances that you speak of. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe like, I should perhaps, I, I overlooked him. Dominic, I apologise. Very good player. Martin Sisters does turn it on against the bees, doesn't he? He has a knack of just being in the right place at the right time and doing the right thing against the bees. And he's done it to us on a number of occasions. Although, as you rightly pointed out, against Telford, against Swindon, against Peterborough, we've done more than all right this year. So, I, you know, I can't knock any of our performances against those top three teams. And Jake Sylvester, as I already mentioned, how many from the Raiders could you have picked, you know? I guess Brandon Aliff is another player that you rate, isn't he? And it was a, probably a close call for you between Sylvester and Aliff. But I guess Sylvester is just that little bit further developed than Aliff at the moment. And therefore, I'm guessing it would have been very close for you, wouldn't it, though, those two? Yeah, and it's quite funny because obviously I, I, like, it, was, it was close between them two for a couple of other names in there. Uh, Chris Jones had some very good games against us for the Wildcats this season. Uh, Ashley Tate had impressive performances against us for the Bison as well. Uh, Eric Piatak was close on my import because actually I think he was a major reason why the Raiders really stepped it on in their performance. He was a bit slow to start as well, wasn't he, Piatak? Yeah, he came into it quickly, didn't he? Came into the season quickly. Yeah, and then I mean, even Brandon Whistle for the Tigers once he got rolling up there, I think I think Brandon was was great. But again, it's it's all on what were the moments that stood out, what were the games that stood out for me, and I walked out of rinks. Jake Sylvester, I was giving big ticks to. Dominic Florian, like, after that first Tigers game, I was like, who is this guy? And uh, I'm not going to admit it now, I'm cheating out loud, but I'm looking at my, the uh, the elite prospects for him. So for the for the Blaze in the IHL, 41 played, 2 points. Mm. In the NIHL, 47 played, 64 points, and 111 penalty minutes, yeah. and he's only 24. Mm. Like, if the Tigers re-sign him, he could be a very key player again next season, because I just liked, I just liked that it's kind of chalk and cheese to how uh, Dominic Gabay is. Dominic's not, he's not the most, he's not physical in terms of with the body. He's physical in terms of what he does with the stick. He's physical in terms of mentally being able to beat you mentally. Dominic's not that player, but he's equally as effective in what he does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, we've it really, seen Amway in our own league, like Robin Kovar was useless for the Bees, went on to have a good season for the Lightning and um, was then included in one of the All-Star teams sure. as well. But this is it, because there were games where Robin... Sometimes it just um, works better, doesn't it, in a different environment for Florian. He's happy in this league. He works well with uh, Tom Watkins and the players Tom Watkins has put around him. The same way that Robin Kovar has gone to Milton Keynes, fitted in and turned his season around after what can only be described as a disappointing start. Yeah, and then like even when looking at other Bison players as well, like um, Sean Norris got um, mentioned um, in the in the other All Star selections. Actually, the one who impressed me more was Sam Talbot. Of the two Talbot had one very good game against the Bees in Basingstoke, and and literally, like I think there'd always been an assumption that Norris was the better of the two, and like we're treating them like they're brothers and they come as a pairing. But I think there always had been a Sean Norris is the better one than Talbot. Talbot's just gonna be the one who rides the coattails of Norris to come through. I think last season, oh God, we'll talk about it as last the season just gone. I think we actually saw Tolbert become the guy who's going to stand out on his own two feet. And I can't wait to see where he goes from there. Um, I will admit this. If, if this was a complete all-star team, I, I would change one of these players. Uh, would it be between the pipes? No. What? No, no, no. If, if, if this was a complete all-star team, and uh, sorry, uh, let me say this: If I could take a, if I could, if we could remove remove the non bees factor, yeah, I would replace Florian with goodbye, and I do stand by that. I think Dominic had some games this season where he just lit it up, and he just ran the game. And some of those early performance, think back to when Dominic signed, yeah, and he stepped on the ice, and people looked at him and went, "Oh, this a bit different." Um. And then he just started reading the game, picking off passes in, in mid-ice, turning puck over and then gunning it forward. And just sometimes up front, he made it look so easy. It was unbelievable. Mm. Um, and as I say, very different to Dominic's style. This was an all-star team that played against us. Yeah. Um, I would have goodbye in there for some of his performances. Can I just I ask? Think, 
Have you not created in your team a Hull Pirates problem in that you have a strong defence, you have a strong offence, <laughs> but then if you could change to another netminder and if you added in the bees factor, are you seriously telling me that you would not swap Smith for Goss? Because like, if we were adding in bees players to your lineup, that would be the first one I'd change. <laughs> in fact, to be fair... If Adam Goss said, no thanks, I'm out, I'd put Danny Milton in ahead of him. <laughs> I, look, I, it, those performances that actually, the four Yeah, but we've just taken that away, though. You've just no, said... No, no, like, I've, just, <clears throat> I've just taken away the non-Bs factor. I'm still taking away okay. the performances. Like, the other players get judged on performances. This is... I, I'm making up... If we stick to the rules, Dominic Florian stays in the yeah. team. Okay? No worries at all. If I can turn around and change one of them, I, I set the rules a, now, changing them. I, I can make it up as I go along. Yeah. It's what, what dictatorships are what all we about. We normally do with uh, this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so no, very interesting. Very interesting. Hopefully a lot. Really glad that we didn't sit here. I had a fear when we did this because we didn't discuss this before the podcast. And we were going to sit there and just name the same team. And it'd be like, ah. <laughs> do you know what? Like when, when, it, it didn't even cross my mind until you got the coin out. And I was thinking... Now, this could be a real anti-climax altogether, because if we've literally named the same team, this will be a real anti-climax. So then people will say, well, they've broken isolation and they've gone and sat down and done it together. We have not broken isolation. There's, what, 30-odd miles between us now as we talk. Um, and obviously, you didn't know my team beforehand. I didn't know your team. And they are two very different teams, I think. Yeah, two very, very different teams. And obviously, we're interested. Um, thanks to everybody who already uh, filled in your team. We're more than happy to continue this discussion. I think we'll end up posting up the teams at some point on yeah. uh, to, to, to discuss fully um, because they are fascinating insights into how we both view games. Um, as I say, Liam Stewart is still one that interests Like Liam Stewart as well. I I know he had an amazing game. Is that one of the games I missed against Bill and Keith? Well, it might have no, been, I'm, actually. No, I'm, I just missed the uh, I just missed the bison thumping. Um, because as I say, twice. like tw- twice. Clever uh, sh- holiday booking. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes you have to be smart about these things. I did also miss us beating the Raiders in the final game of the season. So yeah, you know, and then Donald decided to change his laws. So uh, all good fun. Um, anyway. I think that neatly rounds up for this week's episode, Mark. What an absolute pleasure that was! Bad episode you, that one, is it? Do you know what we're gonna we're gonna do it? We're gonna we're gonna change it up next week. And I have not discussed this with. Hang Mark. on, just before you say that, if anybody else does want to send in a team, either comment on Facebook. We'll post the link to this podcast up on Facebook. Either comment beneath that with your team. What we're looking for is a goaltender, two defence, three forwards. You can have only one import. And it's non-Bees players judged on their performances against the Bees equally. When it goes out on Twitter, just reply to the tweet on there as well with your team. And we're more than happy to uh, to look at those as well going forward. Uh, and now, also, what are you going to throw at me now? No, no, no. And also, people are more than willing to tear into our suggestions yes. of what our teams will be. Right then. Well, I've enjoyed this. now? I've enjoyed this so much. Yes. We're going to do our all-time rosters next week. Any team that we've been involved with. It can be the Bees, can be the Jets, can be this lot from down the M3. It is your all-star team of that. So I have to pick goaltender, two defensemen, three forwards, one import. Yeah, let's go two imports because it's different eras, isn't it? At the two end imports, of the day, I've, okay. I've got to take in some Super League players. I've got to take it. It's it's it's, it's a wider game. So yeah. two imports. Look, we might end up doing a full blinking roster at this rate. Let's just start with that. And if we if we okay. get to the middle of the week and we go, we need to do a roster, we'll do a roster. But how does that sound, though? Do you know what? I'm I'm quite looking forward to that now. Quite looking forward to that. Because you can now well. literally pick your friends and it not be a problem. So that's all right. <laughs> yes. Right. In that case, I'm going with, yeah. Um. No, do you know what? I was conscious of that. I was conscious of that because I did think like Alice Padalek, uh, and then I looked at my roster. I thought, hang on a minute. No, no, no. It's just going to be open to open to accusation. But yeah, now that you've given us this challenge, then yeah, I'll just ring me mates. Do you want to be in my team? <laughs> it's, the, it's the best way to do it. Just yeah. quickly go back to the roster. Uh, and this is, look, if we had done this before the start of the season and we put them in a golden envelope, and at the end of the year, had to pull out who we thought were going to be the best, who were going to be this team. 
I can tell you right now, Thomas Malazinski would have been on my sheet of paper for the Swindon Wildcats. He would have been on mine as well, but, you know, we've done very well against the Wildcats this year, haven't we? And, you know, therefore, the fact that we have done so well, one of the things that we did do very well was we shut down that Malasinski and Nell combination quite effectively. So whilst Thomas Malasinski and Aaron Nell between them are both exceptional talents, against us, we had we had their number. Let's be honest. We nullified that threat uh, yeah. against them for the majority of the season. So, yeah. Um, and it's, I must say, a... if I'd done it at the start of the season, like who would have known that we were going to go with Ethan James as our goaltender as well? Or that who, I was well, going to go with? Who would have known, given that you would have expected Michael Gray to be playing the season? Given that had Michael Gray not been fit, you would have expected Greg Blaze to step in. You know, the Raiders yep. have had an horrendous time with netminders this year due to injury. So, yeah, if we'd done this at the start of the season, Ethan James would not have made my team either. But, you know... Neither would Liam Stewart. No. No, he wouldn't. Um, but So even more impressive for them, but they're almost yeah. like all-stars of half a team. Do you know what I'll we should do the- now? Not now. Not now, obviously. Not now. But <laughs> before this season starts, I think we should now do that. Before this season starts, you and I are going to sit down and do a podcast, aren't we? Previewing the the teams. Yep. I think that we should do that. I think that we should put down our teams. Um, and it doesn't matter if we show each other, because obviously we're not going to be looking at them uh, until then the end of the season. But I'm reckoning like when this season gets underway that's coming up and the teams have announced their rosters, tough luck to anyone that signs mid-season. But we then put down <laughs> our teams and then... This time next year, well, not this time next year, because this time next year we'll be gearing up for Coventry. But when the season is finished next year, we can look back and we can say, do you know what? I picked well or, oh, no, I picked very badly. I reckon we should do that. Do you know, you you just mentioned about how uh, if you sign midway through the season, bad luck. Do you know what? There was a time when you could have written Jonas Hoogan and it would have been absolutely fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what? I'll put him on my roster next season and the season after. Just do it. Yeah, just in case. (laughs) just in case you never know yeah. but no i agree with you i think we should write it down before once 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 we get ready for the start of the season we should write it down put it all together and see uh see where it comes out at the end of the year because yeah could be i mean as i say thomas malazinski would have been probably the first name on my list mm. he was the third top point scorer in the league yeah but i do think that we did a, a very good job in just nullifying those players against us and, you know when uh, we were in slough richard and i didn't do we didn't pick an all-star roster but what we do uh, before even the challenge games is we would sit, we'd look at the rosters and we would write down the league table where we thought each team would finish. And for the last two years, Richard wrote down his, I wrote down mine, we got together and we would got one to ten exactly the same in our lists as well. So, we, I mean, we did something different. We obviously picked like the finishing league positions, but we had one to ten, exactly the same for the last two seasons in our predictions. So um, hopefully we won't end up now with, when we do this, we won't end up with two identical teams picked before the season. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Right then, Mark. Uh, Obviously everybody in, well, everybody's taking it easy at the moment, but how can they stay up to date with all the latest from the TSI World Bracknell Bees? Well, while you are busy twiddling your thumbs doing virtually not much, you can head to bracknellbees.com because that is our website. Also this week, by the way, there are a couple of things that will be coming out as well. So make sure you hook up with our social media feeds. If you're on Facebook, uh, we are Bees Ice Hockey. If you're on Twitter, we are Bees Ice Hockey. And if you're on Instagram, we are The Bracknell Bees. And as I say, a couple of things lined up to come out this week. So make sure you hook up with the website and the social media feeds as well. I wonder what they might be. Uh, also, don't forget with the podcast, of course, uh, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please do subscribe, rate, and leave a review for the podcast. Just helps with the algorithms. For those of you on Stitcher Radio, add to your playlist on Spotify, follow us on TuneIn Alexa, favorite us. Um, we're also available on iHeartRadio, on Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castro, CastPod, and the Podchaser. Uh, so many places you can now listen to us. I'd like to say in the hundreds you are downloading each and every episode. We really do appreciate all your support as we move into this new open era for the Bees Radio Network podcast. But until next week, uh, time to do a little bit more thinking and make sure Will doesn't throw away your team. Well, I hope not. Do you know what? This time I might just write it on the computer and save it, I think.
Uh, he's probably smart enough to know how to delete it when you don't put Gary Stefan in. We know that's coming. He probably uh, is, isn't yeah. he, actually? He probably is. Let's see if we can name Mark's team now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and of no, course, no, no, no. <laughs> right then, uh, from all of us here at can the Beach Radio Network. Before you yes, give away <laughs> my team. Guys, please do say, guys and girls, please do stay safe. Please do stay inside. Appreciate it's a bit hard with the weather, but... The, the sooner that we, uh, the more that we stay locked in at the moment, the sooner hopefully we'll see some of these restrictions listed and we can return to some sort of normality in life. It really is important right now. If you take nothing else away from this podcast, bar Ashley Smith being an all-star, um, <laughs> please take that away. Until next time from all of us here, take care of yourself and goodbye. Goodness knows what the music's going to be on the play out. <laughs> Again, don't know where, don't know when, but I know we'll meet again some sunny day. Bees Radio Network, bracknellbees.com.